Hello and welcome. Uh, this is Steve Davis, pastor at First Baptist Church, and this is our first ever podcast. We're excited to be doing this today. I'm sitting here with uh, Henry Tyson and Glenn Ernesty and Tommy Malone. Uh, Tommy shared his faith journey with his uh, the generation the Sunday, Sunday school class a few weeks ago, and it was so well received. And we thought the larger the larger congregation should get a chance to hear this story from Tommy. And so, Tommy, we're glad to have you here. Thanks for being willing to come in and share your story. So I'm going to turn it over to you, all right? Thanks, Steve. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. I was called a swamp rat or a cootie, Cajun, and many other names as a kid growing up in a community called Nip and Tuck. Nip and Tuck, <laughs> Louisiana. Right. <laughs> My mother had nine brothers and sisters, which resulted in 23 first cousins. My dad had seven brothers and sisters, which resulted in 26 first cousins. My dad was an army soldier in World War II and experienced heavy fighting in Panama and the Philippines. This resulted in several of his army buddies being killed. He was on the front lines and was forced to kill many of the enemy soldiers or be killed himself. My dad became an alcoholic and abandoned his family. Therefore, I never saw my dad until I was six years old. My older brother died in childbirth, which left myself and my younger brother. Things really get complicated here. Listen carefully. As my father abandoned our family, he remarried and had four children by his new wife. My mother remarried a man who had lost his wife, but left him three girls to raise. Now my brother and I had three stepsisters and three half-sisters and a half-brother. Talk about a complicated family. Wow. We had one. You had one, didn't you? Yeah. Wow. Even though my dad certainly didn't get set the example for me, my grandmother Malone had a very positive influence on my life. Her father was a Baptist minister. We spent the weekends with her. She made sure all of us knew how to pray, study the Bible, say the Lord's Prayer, recite the 23rd Psalms, and John 3:16. My grandmother also taught vacation Bible school every summer and attended a summer revival every year. We attended those with her, and when each of her grandchildren reached nine years of age, she presented the plan of salvation to them. She also let us know that she was praying for us as well as all of our aunts and uncles. If one of the grandchildren accepted Christ during the revival, she cried, uh, she cried and stood up in church hmm. and praised the wow. Lord. That's nice. I rebelled against this because I didn't want my grandmother crying over me in front of the whole <laughs> church and my friends. <laughs> <laughs> However, God had a plan for my life. He didn't have, I didn't have a burning uh, bush experience like Moses. Mine was a swamp experience. What's that? I'm fixing to tell you. All right, okay. <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> Being a Boy Scout and eventually an Eagle Scout was a very important part of my life. Our troop had a yearly survival trip planned. During the polio outbreak, I had lost one cousin to polio and had another cousin that had polio. My mother insisted that I get vaccinated for polio. Well, we had to go 60 miles away to where my uncle was a doctor and for me to get the polio vaccine because we really didn't have any vaccine in our town. Mm -hmm. This trip caused me to arrive an hour later for the survival training in the swamp. 
And when I arrived, my scoutmaster says, you're an hour late, gave me a surveyor's tape, a waterproof matchbox, snake bite kit, a compass, waterproof flashlight, flint, a small first aid kit, and canteen. I also received a small box that included three large safety pins, fish string, and small mirror. The other nine people had gone ahead of me and marked the trail of the surveyor's state. As I entered the swamp, I immediately heard screech owls, bullfrogs, bull alligators bellowing, and wildcats screaming, snakes slithering away from you or sometimes coming towards you. It soon became dark, and I mean very dark in the swamp. The backpack that was being used in case of emergency was open, and I felt this was an emergency. I was terrified as the alligator eyes and snake eyes were looking directly at me. I didn't know what to do, so I began to pray, and the snakes slowly smoothed away, and so did the alligators. Looking ahead, there was a log jam. I prayed real hard that I could get to and get away from all these snakes. I had to kill six snakes, but I climbed up on the logs and walked through the swamp. I said to myself, now I can make it. Little did I know, after walking about a quarter mile, I came up on an active whiskey steel and an old rundown shack. The sheriff had talked to us before we left and warned us about whiskey steels and to get away from these as quick as possible because it was danger involved. The sheriff was looking for bootleggers in the area that we were camping. There were notorious moonshiners, moonshiners we called them, and murderers. Had been uh, there was an African-American that had been killed and his wife had been kidnapped in this facility. I said, Lord, I'll accept you and be baptized if you help me get out of here alive. I started running and ran for approximately five miles after coming up on the whiskey steel. I fell down the exhaustion at a place called Phillips Fair Crossing. This was a wide place in the swamp, actually it was a, a lake. And I immediately realized my location and thought all I had to do was go across the lake. Well, I was walking a pipeline across, but it got deeper and deeper and it got so deep I couldn't uh, walk any further. I, had, I was trying to get my pack off, it was too heavy for me to swim with it. So I had to go back to the shore and then I walked for 12 hours to go all the way around this lake. But before I got to the lake, I was walking on the road, and there was something moving in the road, and it was a rabbit. And I thought, well, at least I got dinner tonight. But as I got closer to this rabbit, I heard this loud, piercing, screeching noise, and a wildcat jumped out of a tree right in front of me. Well, needless to say, I released that rabbit to him real quick. <laughs> I walked a total of 12 hours and arrived back in camp where I first started on this journey. I was safe, but very thankful to God that I had survived. I relate this story and also share with you that God never said life would be easy. Our purpose in living should not be about our personal happiness, but about serving God. Through my swamp experience, God had convicted me that I needed to accept Him and let Jesus be the Lord of my life. Sure enough, my grandmother cried and praised the Lord. I was baptized in Bayou Dilutri and was never hugged and kissed so much when I snuffed dipping relatives and neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I am still a sinner, but God forgives us when we come to Him and ask for forgiveness. Oh, what a story. <laughs> that reminds me of why I don't like camping. <laughs>
What a dramatic story, though. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, most of us don't have a dramatic story like that. The, the norm is that you, your faith is something that grows over time. You know, you're taught by your church family, uh, by your mom or dad, and Sunday school teachers, and then that faith develops and develops, and uh, eventually you profess that. And that's probably the norm, and we should celebrate the norm, but also hear with great interest these wonderful stories of people who have much more dramatic experiences. What a life experience for you. Yeah, Saved your life, I guess. Yeah, it did. Beautiful story. Wow. And for each one of us, uh, those sobering times, mm -hmm. um, they, they come upon all of us, I think, along the way when we have to stop and take stock and see where we are in our faith journey, if we're on a faith journey at all. So thank you so much, Tommy, for sharing that. It's my pleasure.